The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And good morning to all of our Bloomberg television and radio audience around the world. I'm Michael McKee. Joining me now, Austin Goolsby. He is the president of the Chicago Federal Reserve Bank, and we can get his reaction to an awful lot of news in the last 72 to 48 hours. Uh, first, let's dive right into it with last night's appearance. Uh, Chair Powell suggested again that March would be too early to cut rates. You wouldn't have enough uh, data to justify that at the time. Do you agree with him? Well, Michael, you know my thing is I never like tying our hands ahead of meetings when you got weeks of data coming through. It feels like the economy's been quite strong on the growth front. You got big jobs numbers, you got big GDP numbers better than expected. But at the same time, we've had inflation better than expected, too. If you look over the last seven months, we've had seven months of really quite good inflation reports right around or even below the Fed's target. So if we just keep getting more data like what we have gotten, we're well on the, uh, I believe that we should well be on the path to normalization. Well, I understand you don't want to tie yourself down, but is there really much of a chance of a March move? The markets think now 18%, and some people think that's even high. Well, look, Michael, as I say, all, all we need to do is keep getting information like what we've been getting for the last seven months, where inflation on a flow basis is absolutely under control and is, is in the range of, of our Fed target. Uh, and if we keep getting strong quantity numbers, that is to say jobs numbers, GDP numbers, growth numbers, while inflation goes down, in the conventional view, that's not really supposed to happen. So that would, we'd have to be entertaining the possibility that we're entering a period like the mid to late 90s where you had productivity growth faster than, than expected, faster than trend, and, th and that opens up some new possibilities. Scott Pelley of CBS last night said that Powell suggested that rate cuts would likely be a quarter, maybe a half of a percentage point at a time. That doesn't appear in the transcript. Was a half percentage point cut discussed at the meeting? Um, as you know, we, we don't report on what's discussed at the meeting until the transcript comes out. The, the, our standard way to think of it from the FOMC is somewhat like what's in the summary of, of economic projections, the SEP, which comes out every quarter. And the last time that came out in December, you saw that the median member of the FOMC thought there would be three rate cuts, i.e. 75 basis points for the year 2024. 
is there a situation other than perhaps a recession or some sort of market failure where you would consider a 50 basis point cut? Well, look, I, I just think we, you get the data and, and you respond to the data uh, in its totality. So uh, it's, I, I don't think it makes sense to speculate about hypotheticals of what would happen to make the rate cuts be different than what they have been in the past. 3% growth, 3.7% unemployment, 2.9% uh, PCE inflation. The Fed discussing rate cuts. Is this a soft landing? Can you declare victory? I mean, in 2023, by the, me by the measures of the dual mandate, which is to say maximize employment and stabilize prices, that was a pretty good year uh, for 2023, one of the better dual mandate years that we've seen in some time. You never want to declare victory. The central banker's job is to remain paranoid about everything because there are external shocks. There are a whole lot of things that can go wrong. But we definitely made progress on the side of the mandate where we had been failing. You know, the inflation rate was way higher than, than where we wanted it to be. And as I say, for the last seven months, we've been at or below the 2% annualized rate. So we just need more months like that. That's in the, the PCE index, but CPI, especially core CPI, uh, the Cleveland and Dallas Fed's trimmed means, the uh, Atlanta Fed's sticky wage price index have all been running faster and hotter than PCE. Is there an underlying inflation issue that maybe your measure is not picking up? No, I, I don't think so. The, the, if we get down into the weeds, the different measures of inflation measure different things. And so categories like health insurance are better tracked in the PCE measure of inflation than they are in the CPI. And the PCE measure allows consumers to adjust to the prices and change their, their mix of, of what they're buying. That's why the Fed has chosen the PCE as where they want to get to 2%. The only thing I would like to emphasize is the Fed's goal is not 2% inflation on a Cleveland trimmed mean CPI or, or something like that. They make clear PCE is the measure that we're trying to hit 2%. And in CPI equivalent, that's, it's going to be a little bit uh, higher as a run rate on, on that measure. Now that you've had time to think about it, what do you make of the acceleration in hiring over the past two months? Optimists say uh, it shows the economy is very strong and maybe the Fed doesn't have pressure to cut rates. And pessimists say, can't be right, uh, seasonal adjustment factors have fudged the numbers. Well, it is a very important category. They did not fudge the numbers. That's crazy. But the thing that I want to emphasize, when you see big prints like the ones that we saw on Friday with big positive jobs numbers, there is a tendency if from pre-COVID times to say, ooh, that must mean the economy is overheating. And I just want to make clear, at periods of positive supply shocks, or improving productivity that's better than you expected. You cannot look at the quantities and determine whether the economy is overheated because the same thing that's inflating the quantities is also bringing down the inflation. So you can, it, it affords new possibilities for monetary policy 
that are more positive than in a normal demand-driven frame. And we saw that in the mid to late 90s. And so the, we, we just got to be mindful in seeing these big, strong jobs numbers and big GDP numbers that they do not have to mean overheating in the traditional sense if the supply side is moving around. The yield curve, and you can pick any of them, still inverted, started flattening, but then has now started inverting more again. Does that tell you anything about the economy? Supposedly, it signals a recession within 6 to 12 months, but it's been uh, 14 months now, and so far, no recession. Yeah, look, the thing about the inverted yield curve is a great predictor of recession when recessions are caused by the normal demand fl flows of, of aggregate demand. But all bets are off when the supply side starts going bonkers. And we've seen that th going through COVID. And now as we unwind those d deteriorated supply chain, we're getting labor force participation back up to, to healthy levels. You can get these inverted yield curves, I think, just from the anticipation of, of what, they, what folks think the Fed is going to do, if the Fed is cutting rates not because of demand shocks, which is what happens in the normal times, then the inverted yield curve doesn't need to be an indicator of recession. I realize there were too many no's in that <laughs> sentence. I, I, I don't think that the inverted yield curve as a rule of thumb is really as applicable as a recession predictor. You certainly saw that in 2023. Yeah. Everyone was saying that it was very likely to be a recession and it was nothing even remotely like a recession. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. NYCB uh, Bank, uh, New York Community Bank, revived fears of uh, regional bank issues last week. Uh, what are bankers in your district telling you about their situation? Is NYCB a one-off or is it a canary? Well, I, I, I was paid close attention to that, of course, because the Chicago Feds has the largest number of, of banks that, and financial institutions that we supervise, I believe, of all the Fed districts. The thing is, in this case, the bank had bought the assets of Signature, 
and that moved them up into a higher category where there's a, l a little more scrutiny and, and some higher capital requirements. So thus far, that doesn't really seem like it's a commercial real estate blowing up or, or something like that. But of course, we're monitoring. As I say, this job of central banker is to monitor everything that can go wrong and to prepare yourself for it. <laughs> well, one more question about uh, preparing yourself. Uh, what are the bankers telling you about lending at this point with real rates going up, et cetera? Are they tightening credit? Are they tightening credit standards, making fewer loans, making more loans? We get the senior loan officer survey this week. What are we going to see? Yeah, the beige book comes out every FOMC meeting where we talk to contacts, we talk to our each of our reserve banks, talk to our own board of directors, uh, as well as people out in the community. Over the last year, year and a half, you've seen a decidedly tighter credit market, for sure. Mostly, I think, just because the rates are higher. We had a fear in the spring last year with the collapse of, of Silicon Valley Bank and a few others that it would lead to a credit crunch. We mostly haven't seen a more credit tightening than what you would expect just from the monetary policy and the rates, I, I would characterize. Um, and that still feels like more of the same. And now you've had the long rates, which the Fed does not directly control, They've been on a journey. You know, they, they were up, then they're down, and we've fluctuated back and forth a little. Feels like credit remains tight, and especially at the, at the lower part of the credit spectrum on both consumers, small business, and higher rate credits, um, they're, they're getting a squeeze, and, and we hear that from our, from our bankers as, as well as from the businesses themselves. Austin Goolsby, thank you very much for joining us. We would have called, uh, at our age, of course, the, the journey of the 10-year, an e-ticket ride at uh, Disney World. But <laughs> they don't charge that way anymore. <laughs> Thanks for joining no, us today. No, It's been a long time. Great to see you again, Michael. Austin Goolsby, the president of the Chicago Federal Reserve Bank. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. This is our podcast and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.